0: We're in Matthew chapter 6, been preaching through the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, as you know. We're here in Matthew 6, our second installation from this chapter. I'm going to just thank God for the word here, and I'm going to read you the text this morning. I'm going to read verses 2 through 4, Jesus speaking to multitudes, and uh, to many of them, the word went over their heads because they were casual seekers. But to us who are disciples, the Holy Spirit opens this up to us, and it's a blessing to us. Uh, This morning, we're going to continue in uh, this text, and let's just thank God this morning. Father, we thank you that you love us, that you're always there for us, that you never leave us or forsake us. Father, even in times like this, we feel your presence, we feel your peace, and I pray that uh, the word would come alive to us this morning and encourage our spirits so that we could be a light and a help to others in this time. I ask this all in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, last week, we covered the precursor to this chapter. Let me read it to you. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. And I said this first verse is kind of set up the whole chapter here in the sense that, you know, we understand that we are serving God today. We're servants of God. And we're not serving men, and we're not performing for men. Even though we're in a sanctuary today with just our worship team and our pastoral staff, the presence of God is here, and we worship unto unto the Lord. Amen? So understand this morning that what Jesus is saying here is our only audience, the only audience that matters is God in heaven. Jesus continues uh, in this chapter and his first topic that he hits here is giving, particularly alms-giving. Listen to what he says in verses 2 through 4. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What a powerful thing Jesus says here. Now, as he continues to teach, the first topic he hits is giving. So interesting uh, to preach a message on giving here when we're not going to take an offering today. So this is a great opportunity. They can't say, Pastor, you're just trying to pump up the offering. No, there's not going to be one this morning. So God bless you for that. uh, And listen to the word of the Lord. It says here that Jesus is talking specifically about alms to the poor. He's not talking about tithes and offerings or uh, specific giving directed you know, towards missions or outreach, but specifically towards alms. And when he's talking about that, it, it means directing uh, finances to those who are in need. Giving alms is a part of our giving as Christians. You know, as New Testament givers, it's not just tithe and offering. It's not just uh, whatever we decide to throw in there, but really we're required to give all of ourselves, our time, our talent, and our treasure. Jesus uh, is talking here specifically about alms. And, uh, you know, there are there's giving towards evangelism, there's giving towards missions, there's tithes and offerings that support the local church. All of these things are part of uh, giving, but many times we forget that alms should be on our radar, that we should care about the poor, we should care about giving to those who lack basic necessities. And so that's exactly what he's talking about here. Now, because most people see church charity or almsgiving as above and beyond giving, uh, it involves, you know, well, this is more than, I, you know, this is more than I'm required to give. This is more than just supporting the local church. This is more than, you know, supporting some missions here and there. So it's seen in the minds of many as above and beyond giving. And because of that, uh, many people struggle with it because when you do something that you think is above and beyond, your flesh wants to be noticed doing it. And that's a struggle for a lot of people that, you know, they want to be seen giving to the poor. They want to be seen giving charitably. They, 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 they want recognition for it somehow. And Jesus addresses this. Listen to me. I want to tell you something. The way we give matters to God the way we give. It's not necessarily the amount. You know, people think if I give a whole lot, I'm good. No, it's the heart behind the giving. You could give a little with the right heart and there's a blessing attached to it. You could give a whole lot with the wrong heart and God looks at that and there's no reward in it. Understand, Jesus tells us in these verses here in verse two, he tells us how not to give to the poor how not to give alms. And in verses three and four, he tells us how to do it. So let's jump in and take a look at the verses here. Three ways that we shouldn't give to the poor. When giving to the poor, we shouldn't uh, sound a trumpet, it says here. When you give to the poor, do not. So there it is. The first thing, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be honored or noticed by men. So the first thing we're told here is how not to give. And the first thing he says is don't sound a trumpet. What is he saying? Don't make a big show of your giving. You know, the showiness that happens in some religious meetings is, is offensive to God. Why? Because this is not a show. I always tell uh, the congregation, I tell who will ever listen to me, we don't have a stage here at the church. It's because stages are for performances, we have an altar where worship takes place. We don't perform on a stage. We worship at an altar. So understand something today. It's not when we give that we make a big show of it or we make a big display of it. People who do things for show to impress others always eventually get exposed if you've ever known someone who is showy or trying to puff themselves up or trying to present themselves as something more than they were, they always get exposed in the end. There's a story about uh, Theodore Roosevelt during one of his political campaigns. A delegation went to visit Roosevelt at his home in Oyster Bay, Long Island. The president met them with his coat off and his sleeves rolled up. He said, ah, gentlemen, he said, come to the barn with me and we can talk while I do some work. At the barn, Roosevelt picked up a pitchfork and he looked around for the hay and then he called to his hired man John and said, John, where's all the hay? John called down from the hayloft. He said, Sorry, sir, I haven't had time to toss it back down after the last group left 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so he's making a show here, he's making a display. And you know what, people who are showy, uh, there's always someone to pull the curtain back, and a lot of times it's God. And showiness has no place in Christianity. It has no place in our relationship with God. When you give, don't make a big show of it. Jesus says where specifically not to make a big show of it. Look what he says. Don't be like a hypocrite and make a big show of it where? In the synagogue and in the streets. Let's look at, look at that for a second here. Don't make a show of it in the synagogue. What does that translate to us today? Don't make a big show of your giving in church. Now, if you attend here, you know when we give, we come up to the altar and there's plates up here. We come as families and we thank God for his provision in our life. We acknowledge him publicly as our source. And you might say, Well, Pastor, maybe we shouldn't do that. Well, first of all, this text is specifically talking about alms giving. It's not talking about tithes and offerings that support the local church. So uh, yes, the Jews always came in the synagogue, in the temple, and they presented their giving before. For the Lord. It was a public thing. Giving is a part of our public worship. Right. Giving proves that we are uh, those who have conquered greed, that we believe God is our source. So certainly we can come in public and give, and that's not a violation of what Jesus is saying here. Uh, we come to recognize God as our source. We come as families. We come to celebrate his faithfulness in our lives. Amen. What Jesus is really getting at here is we shouldn't sensationalize our giving in a way that people's pride and people's flesh could be puffed up even in church. Think about it. We've all seen things in r- religious contexts that made us uncomfortable about giving. You know, to see someone maybe parade a poor person, a homeless person up on the altar with tattered clothing and, you know, present them one of those big checks that they give, you know. Oh, the church is doing this for so and so. I mean, think about how inappropriate that would be, you know, or making a big uh, spectacle of calling someone up to the altar and stuffing mo- uh, money in their pockets. We've all seen things like that. We've all seen things like that and we've been uncomfortable with it. Or, you know, you know, giving a testimony in church about how we, you know, put oil in someone's tank and food in someone's table and gas in their car and then naming the person in church. How inappropriate. Yet, there are times where things like that do happen in church. And and Jesus says, don't make a big show of your giving to the poor. Don't make a big show of your charity in the synagogue, in the church. The way we give matters to God. Secondly, he says, don't make a show of your giving of alms in the public square, on the street corners. Look, you know, what he's talking about here, people would make a show and they were hypocritical in the church, in the synagogues, and in the streets. So in the streets, they, you know, they, they would go out there and they'd make sure everybody's watching. They would sound a trumpet. Hey, look, I'm about to give. It's as if you show up with, you know, TV cameras and a crew to film your giving. How inappropriate. And there, again, the way we give Matters to God. And when giving to the poor, the first thing we have to understand is we need to make sure we're not being hypocritical about it. He says the hypocrites do it this way. They want people to see. They blow the trumpet to get everyone's attention. You you say, what what could be hypocritical about giving uh, to the poor in such a way? Well, the the truth is this. When we give to someone like that and we want to be noticed for giving to them, it's as if we are acting spiritually superior to them, and that's what's hypocritical. Why? Because God provides for all of us things we didn't earn and things we don't deserve. Amen. So God doesn't parade it around or throw it in our face. He gives to us. Now, if we act like we're spiritually superior because we're giving to the poor or we're giving above and beyond uh, what we normally do, if somehow, some way, we want people's attention for it, it's hypocrisy because God gives to us things that we never earned and could never deserve. So stay focused as you give to the poor. Uh, Giving is something that we really need to keep our hearts uh, monitored as we're doing it because quickly the enemy can get in there and get us to have the wrong heart and steal our reward away. Uh, When we give to the poor, we shouldn't be hypocritical about it. Number two, when we give to the poor, we shouldn't give to get something in return. Maybe you've known people who give to get. Maybe somebody wanted to give you something and you didn't want to take it because what was attached to the other side of it, you knew this, is, this comes with strings attached. Come on, you, you know, people who give to get, it's almost like you'd rather do without. And here's this instance here where, you know, giving to get something in return is the wrong heart. It's not the right heart. And Jesus wants us to understand. You say, well, how does the text say that? It says you give what? To be honored of men. You give so you can receive honor. That's the wrong heart. Don't give to the poor like that. What's the purpose of sounding the trumpet? to get everyone's attention. What's the purpose of getting everyone's attention? So that honor can be bestowed on us for giving. Now, you might sit there and think, you know, I don't have an issue with this. I I would never do this. But just understand we're all susceptible to things like this at moments. And we have to guard our hearts and make sure we keep our hearts right because the way we give matters to God a hypocritical businessman whose fortune was the misfortune of many others, told Mark Twain piously, he said, Before I die, I intend to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. I want to climb to the top of Mount Sinai and read the Ten Commandments aloud. Twain looked at him and said, I have a better idea. Why don't you just stay right here in Boston and live them? Wow. See, when we want the attention, when we want the accolades, when we want to be noticed, how pompous. Does God need us to climb to the top of a mountain and shout the Ten Commandments as if he forgot them? Or, you know, somehow, some way we could lift ourselves up to make people see how spiritual we are? Don't be hypocritical. Don't give to get The results of tooting our own horn and making a big show of doing anything spiritual, anything self-aggrandizing, is that it becomes our full reward. See, you can't have the accolades and the praise of men and the blessings and rewards of God at the same time. They're mutually exclusive. You can have one or the other, and God says, choose wisely. There are two ways that this text tells us we should give to the poor. So we, we covered a few ways that we shouldn't. And hopefully, you know, this makes sense to us and we are checking our hearts to make sure there's there's not any of that in the way we give. But there are two ways that we should give to the poor, and it continues here. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Let's stop right there. I mean, if you walk that out simplistically, you know, we could come by with the offering plate and then your wallet would be empty and you say, I don't know what happened. I just—I must have gave everything. No, that's not what he's talking about, disconnecting your mind and, and, and kind of mindlessly giving, but he's talking about getting out of the, the fleshly realm into the spiritual realm. There needs a, a shift to take place there. When the Holy Spirit prompts us to give to the poor, we should just give, amen? We shouldn't think so much about it. We shouldn't ask people's opinion of it. We shouldn't let 10 people know what we're doing or what we did, When he says to do it, we should just do it. Now, impulse buying and impulse giving can be a problem. But I found that when we learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and he says to do something, the best thing for us to do is be reflexively obedient. Amen? See, if we're not reflexively obedient, we'll give the enemy time to talk us out of it and we'll miss our blessing overthinking spiritual promptings will cause us to miss many opportunities. Overthinking it. You know, uh, well, God told me and I heard his voice, but let me pray about it. Well, what is there to pray about if God has spoken? We need to learn to be reflexively obedient sometimes. There's opportunities that I've missed to give to people, to share the gospel with people. There's opportunities all of us have missed. Why? Because we felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit, but we resisted for whatever reason and we missed our opportunity. So we've got to be careful not to do that. The more we become mature in the Lord, Jesus is is showing us here that when we give, it it needs to not be an intellectual, thought-out process. It needs not to be a numerical or mathematical or a financial decision. It needs to be the result of obedience. Someone say amen. amen. And so when we hear, we reflexively obey, and we don't miss our opportunities. When we give out of obedience something's going to happen after we've given. When we give out of obedience, we have to be careful not to let our flesh convince us of how wonderful we should feel about ourselves once we've done it. Have you ever done something spiritually with the right heart, and then afterwards the enemy comes to try and steal the blessing away? How does he do that? By stirring up pride in us. Wow, man, I just, man, what a great thing I did today. Man, it was just, and all of a sudden, there goes your blessing. Come on, church. In the heat of the moment, we can lose it, but we can also lose it in the aftermath. We've got to suppress the fleshly desire to want to be puffed out about doing spiritually good things. And look, when you give to someone, if you have a right heart, when you give to someone, let's be honest, it feels good, doesn't it? It's better to give than receive. Is that, is that still an effect or do they cancel that? Uh, no, I think it's still, still supposed to be right. But when you give... I mean, it feels good to give, but be careful about how good you feel. Because if you feel so good about yourself that you let your flesh get puffed up, you're going to lose your reward. So our giving needs to be spirit-led, not the determination of the flesh. It shouldn't be a fleshly thing, but it should be a spiritual thing. If you hear me when uh, we take an offering, I say, come and give out of relationship. Give what the Lord leads you to give, amen? I I teach the congregation to be givers and I'm not ashamed about that. I I don't wanna put some box in the back in obscurity where we gotta be hiding. No, giving is part of our Christian experience. It's part of our public worship. So I teach people to give out of relationship though. Give when the Holy Spirit, if there's an offering being taken place, you should be inquiring of the Holy Spirit. What should I give? Don't look for someone to tell you. Listen, uh, $2 given with the right heart out of obedience Relationship goes much further than 2,000 given out of impulse or religiosity. Amen. Now, I know that you know you're not going to hear a lot of preachers say that, but it's the truth, anyhow. And so, we should give to the poor not out of the flesh, not out of the determination of our intellect, but we should do it in a spirit led way. Number two, the second way we should give and I'm going to close it down from here. You know, when a preacher says he's closing down, that's probably two or three hours left, so hang in there. Maybe we'll take a coffee break in a minute. We should give spirit-led and Our giving should be done with humility and discretion. There is an element of discretion that needs to be done here. There is a component of humility that is required. It says in verse four, and your father who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. Now remember, this is almsgiving. This is giving to the poor. This is charitable giving here. So there's an element of discretion and secrecy that needs to take place. Well, you say, how do we work that element into our giving? We need to stay humble about giving. Verse two told us it's wrong to toot our own horn and we get that. And and most of us really don't have an issue with that of wanting to be noticed uh, if we're spiritually mature enough. But there's a deeper reason why we should use discretion when we give to the poor. There's a deeper reason why we should use discretion when we give to the needy. Listen, if we are truly humble, we'll be considerate about the other person's feelings that we're giving to. If we're truly humble, we'll be more concerned with the person's dignity than us being noticed. Come on, say amen. Amen. It's something that reveals our heart here. Do we care about the person that we're giving to? Do we care about their dignity, how they feel? It's exploitive to parade a person's lack in front of the eyes of others so that we can be noticed for meeting their needs. Wow. Wow. So in giving we could actually exploit someone. We we got, you know, this well, I gave and I did this and I helped this person and I, you know, put oil in their tank and all of a sudden, you know, we've kind of used them to elevate ourselves, and in essence, we've exploited them so we could look good in the eyes of man. Do you see how tricky this can be? Do you see how Jesus wants us to really evaluate our hearts as we give? You know, when we give to people, we should do it with an element of secrecy. If someone has a need, mail them an envelope of cash anonymously. Now it's quiet anonymously ensures that we can't get any credit for it. Do you know many times people for your birthday or something, they'll give you uh, what they call the Italian handshake or the Pentecostal handshake. They'll just tuck something in their hand and they'll give it to you. Now, that's okay. There's a degree of anonymity there, but also, you know, we know who gave us the gift. That's good. It's even better. Now, I'm not talking about birthdays and gifts and Christmas presents. I'm talking about giving to the poor, meeting a need. Just put something in someone's mailbox, I don't know how many testimonies I've heard. You know, I was in lack, I had need, and I didn't think anybody knew, but then there was an envelope in my mailbox. There was a check that came. Oh, well, a check's kind of gonna be hard because your name will be on it, but you get the idea. Do it with anonymity, amen? You know, put two bags of groceries on somebody's porch, I can't remember how many times I've heard a testimony of people, they, they were out of food, they didn't have anything to put on the table, and all of a sudden, you know, they go to the door and there's two bags of groceries there, or somebody tucked it into their car. Or, you know, you see, th- this is the kind of thing Jesus is talking about, that we do it in secret. You know, pay a bill for them without them knowing it. They go to pay the bill, oh, sorry, it's paid. Well, who paid it? I, I don't know, they just said, God bless you. Wow. That's the way we should give. That's the way we should serve others. Not to, you know, exploit them, not to, you know, take away their dignity, to make us feel good, but to do it with a degree of anonymity. And when we do that, I want you to know this God rewards things that are done purposely to avoid the gaze of men. God does. Reward us for our giving. Now we don't give to get, but God rewards us for giving. And when we purposely do things that avoid the gaze of men, God honors it. Why? Because it has humility. Now, humility is harder for some people than others. Can we agree on that? Some people just seem more inclined to be humble. But the truth is, all of us are going to struggle with humility at times, all of us are going to deal with pride. The prophet Samuel told King Saul this in 1 Samuel 15, 17. Listen to what he says to Saul. Is it not true that when you were little in your own eyes, you were made head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? Listen to what the prophet says when you were little in your own eyes. That's humility. God wants us to stay little in our own eyes. What's the opposite side of that? Is when we get too big for our britches. And we want to be noticed by men and we're willing to exploit others to be noticed for our good deeds, particularly our giving. We will enjoy, you know, giving to others with the right heart and in life, there are times where we're going to have achievements, where we're going to have successes. And we have to realize that when we grow spiritually and we produce spiritual fruit, there's going to come an element where we're tempted with pride at some point. But it's our responsibility to keep ourselves humble. Say amen. amen. Winston Churchill was once asked, doesn't it thrill you to know that every time you give a political speech, the hall is packed to overflowing? He said, it is quite flattering, but whenever I feel that I might be puffed up about that, I always remember that instead of making a political speech, if I were to be hanged today, the crowd would be twice the size. (laughs) Churchill had a good perspective. He understood the heart of people. Uh, Jesus understood the heart of people. The same ones that said to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, just a little time later said, crucify him, give us Barabbas. When we do things to be noticed by the crowd, the crowd is fickle and the the accolades of men are thin and shallow, but the blessings of God are eternal. God rewards things that are done purposely to avoid the gaze of men. Uh, Let's bow our heads this morning. Uh, Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you for these instructions. And uh, Father, though many of us uh, don't even consider the way we give at some points because we've been trained to be givers and we don't analyze our hearts. Father, it's good for all of us to consider how we're giving. And if our heart is still engaged, if we still have the right heart behind it, Help us, Lord, to think about the poor, to think about the needy, those who lack basic necessities. Father, that kind of giving should be on our radar, that we would consider them. Most of us live in rich abundance, and we have so much. God, help us to consider others who are in lack and to be the arms and the hands of Jesus extended to them. But as we do give to those things, Father, help us to remain humble and to keep our pride in check so that when we do give, we do it with a sense of anonymity and secrecy so that there's an eternal reward attached to it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And the church said... Amen. Lord bless you today. I hope you've enjoyed the word. We are praying for you, our church family. Understand that we are here and we're praying. If you have needs, contact the church office uh, in this time of uh, quarantine. I look at it as an opportunity to spend number one time with the Lord and number two time with our families. So it's an opportunity here. Catch up on all of those uh, times that maybe you missed at Jesus' feet. Catch up with some of the time that, you know, you you didn't get to spend with your family and in this time praying for those who are in lack and look for opportunities to give now because there are people who are going to have needs and you and I the church can be the hands and feet of God extended to them. Lord bless you. Pastor Mike's going to come just speak a blessing over you and then we are going to sign off and uh, be praying for you. God bless you. We love you guys. First Kings chapter 8 says this, "Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise which he made through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us." Know that God's promises remain true. Even his promise that no plague will come near your dwelling. Stand on the promise of God. Rejoice in that and go forth in his promises that he gives to us each and every day. God bless you.